Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Choi. And coming up on today's show, Sunny will be interviewing author and founder of Intuition Lab, Kim Chesney. And the two of them will be chatting about her latest book, Radical Intuition. And this is definitely not your average book on the intuition level. Join us as they discuss the intuition revolution, redefining intuition for the modern age, and powerful new ways to tap into your own inner wisdom. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan. We're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. And you can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. Um, and my website is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. We're going to jump in straight away today and welcome on our awesome guest, Kim Chesney. Um, she is a, another one of those amazing New World Library authors. Um, everyone of our listening audience, I think, knows how much I enjoy the books that New World Library brings forth. And this is another good one. And we're going to be talking today about Kim's latest book, Radical Intuition, A Revolutionary Guide to Using Your Inner Power. And just to give you a little background on Kim, of course, she's the author of Radical Intuition. Um, she's also a globally recognized innovation leader and founder of Intuition Lab. Her work has been featured or supported by leading edge organizations, including South by Southwest Interactive, Carnegie Mellon University, Comcast, and Hewlett Packard. She lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you can find her online by going to kimchesney.com. That's kimchesney.com. And Chesney is spelled C-H-E-S-T-N-E-Y. Uh, Kim, welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Hi, Sunny. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I was telling you before we went on air today, um, I was reading this book while I was waiting outside at the vet um, for one of our animals. And usually I would wait to connect with um, a Kim, who is your publicist from New World Library. But I texted her while I'm sitting in the parking lot and I just said, oh, my gosh, Kim, this book is blowing me away. I am <laughs> just loving it. <laughs> so I have to tell you how much I enjoyed Radical Intuition. Oh, I really appreciate you sharing that because there's, you know, nothing is more music to an author's ears to, than to hear that the, their words are resonating in a meaningful way. So, um, yeah, hopefully there'll be there'll be much more to come as you read on. <laughs> yes, I hope so, too. And I, and one of the things that I will just preface this with is, you know, KKNW is a, typically a very spiritually minded station with a lot of listeners who are on the spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And so I think intuition is not something that is foreign or unknown. In fact, I've interviewed several other authors about um, books on intuition and intuitive development. Mm -hmm. And so when your book came across my desk, I was thinking, oh, okay, I, you know, I love intuition. And I was expecting kind of some of the things that I had come across before. And I have to tell you, your approach in this book, and I'm just going to put my words to it. So I'm curious if this resonates for you, mm -hmm. but it feels, you know, a lot of times when it comes to, to intuition, it feels kind of amorphous 
Mm -hmm. and uh, airy and it's more of like a spiritual it's a novelty something fun that we do and that we have this power within us but Mm -hmm. not only is your approach it feels very left-brained and methodical in 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 how you have presented the material and how to quote hack intuition Mm -hmm. or how you have done that but it also feels like this is not just you know, a way to get a message from a transitioned loved one by tapping into your intuition. Mm -hmm. This is not just about, um, you know, a reading for what might be potentials in the future for you. Like this is a holistic integration of Mm -hmm. intuition as the foundation, excuse me, of our very life. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to put it. Amen. (laughs) Amen, sister. I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so tell me, I, I have to ask because um, I don't know a ton about your background other than what, you know, what I read here in the bio. I'm like, how did you come to hack intuition to create the intuition lab? Like, tell me about your background and how you got here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a really cool journey. And, and, I, you know, I might not be your new, at first glance, be your usual suspect to write right. about intuition because, you know, I've worked in tech. I've had, um, I've worked the last 20 years in tech. I've worked with some of the biggest tech companies on the planet. And, you know, for me, what you might not know is that I actually wrote my first book um, in 2004. I wrote a book called The Psychic Workshop, which was one of the very first, um, you know, contemporary books about developing intuition in in the in the way that you po- spoke about earlier, the real sort of spiritual way, the personal way. Um, you know, that was my gateway into intuition as a young person, really trying to you know understand it in the world. And so I've always had this passion for intuition and for under uh, for exploring intuition and. As I, you know, moved on in my career, you know, I'm an artist also, and, you know, artists are very naturally intuitive, so it was a natural pathway for me, and I found myself working in technology, and the company that I was working for, strangely, you know, in my wildest dreams, I never would have seen myself here, but, you know, the world took me to this path where I was actually helping, um, you know, tech companies innovate and to scale businesses and to grow and to really make impact on the world and the economy and create new products that the world needs. And, and so I I found myself really at the forefront of a lot of things that are happening in this world today. And, and in the strategic planning meetings that I started to go to, I, uh, strange things started happening. I started hearing people talk about intuition. And so to me, like, I was like, finally, because, you know, I'd always been trying to bring my worlds together. Like I knew they were going to come together at some point, like this really spiritual side, this intuitive understanding and this really creative side. And this understanding of the world in terms of change and transformation. And it was in that moment, I realized that intuition isn't just this, this, this sort of idea, this fringe idea that so many of us have, you know, that it's a nice part of, of really expanding our awakening and and our personal growth and doing all those things that, you know, you just mentioned, but it's also this really, this really important part of the way that we think, the way that we experience the world and the way that we create change and transformation. And really it's imbued and embedded in everything we do as a complement to the natural thinking processes of the intellect. So not just looking at this other side of our brain, you know, the creative side of our brain is something for dreams and, and creativity. It's also something that for this broad brush of intuition that infuses our life with this inner wisdom and this personal truth and this real connection to knowing who we are as individuals and what our purpose is in this world and how we can contribute in our own unique way to make the world better and make our lives better. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> when you talk about radical intuition, you know, why radical? What does radical mean to you? 
Yeah, and that that's one of the things that you know we talked when we were we're deciding what to name the book. You know, we had we had a lot of conversations on the the right way to frame this so that people really understood that this is a reimagining of intuition. This isn't I always say just forget everything you think you know about intuition because this isn't your grandmother's intuition book. This is a different kind of intuition book. And you know, we wanted to express that in the title. And you know, I've been working with this idea probably for like the last 10 years of what I've called the intuition revolution. And I really feel, and I'm from working in technology and business and, and culture and economy, I really feel like this change, and also in the spiritual world and the holistic world, that I see this happening in so many places, that there is a revolution that's happening. And it's been more and more, it's been gaining, you know, accelerating over these past 10 years. Mostly I've noticed in the last 10, 15 years of how you know, we're making the shift to become more intuitive as people, right? We, you hear everybody talking about, you know, the growth and the expansion of humanity and the way we think, but we're also becoming more intuitive as a culture, as a global society. You know, where we start to realize that you know, the, the, the information age is coming to an end. We're, we're getting to a singularity where, you know, we're as smart as we're ever going to be. And if we're going to rely on something to keep us ahead of the machines, keep us at the forefront of our progress and change, it's going to be turning to our intuitive genius. Right. That's going to be the secret sauce of the future. And that's what really smart people like Steve Jobs and Einstein have already figured out. You know, there's, they've been some of the biggest champions for intuition. Oprah, you, know, you see these people out here who are doing amazing things and realizing that intuition is, has been a crucial part of their ability to you know, live up to their full potential and know their path and serve in extraordinary ways. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're conditioned sort of out of our intuition when we're young. You know, we're naturally intuitive and imaginative and creative, but the world has all these different voices and judgments and they say, well, you can do this and you can do that. But deep inside, we only we know what we're made for and what we're what we have the potential for. So, you know, not listening to the outside world, making that shift to listen to ourselves and be true to ourselves and live our truth and step into our power, no matter what other people tell us or how they judge us or or tell us, you know, what what we're capable of. That's a radical shift. So that's where this revolutionary process does become radical, because the real radical part about this book is the shift we make when we start living by ourselves instead of the world around us. And that's what intuition is. It's that inner link to our inner truth and that inner wisdom and guidance that is beyond the mind and the things that we know in our life every day. Yeah. Uh, and I can't wait to explore, because um, usually when we when I have learned about intuition in the past, we talk about <clears throat> the different clairs, you know, clairaudience and clairsentience and claircognizance and, and you approach it. Um, I don't think it's, it's, I think it dovetails, but I, the way that you approach it with these four intuitions that you talk about, mm -hmm. um, I, it really, that's a new take on it, mm -hmm. um, that I love and I want to dive in, but I have to ask something else first. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I tend to, I tend to stack my questions and I get so excited about one thing anyway, <laughs> <clears throat> but I have to ask you when it comes to your background, mm -hmm. do you have, were you at all raised in a Christian household <laughs> or do you have some background in Christianity? Yes. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's a really good question. So I have a really, I have an interesting background in Christianity. So, you know, my parents were Methodists. So I was, I was raised in a very sort of conservative, you know, not the kind of Methodists that went to church all the time, but Methodists that were really kind of not open to this kind of stuff with intuition. Right. Like, you know, it was weird. And so as, you know, as a young person, I was very naturally attuned to intuition and all kind of intuitive things would happen to me as a young child or I would do. And, 
And my parents didn't really understand it and really kind of were scared of it, I think, more than anything. So so there wasn't really that culture of openness and um, and and cultivating, like a cultivating spirit. It was more of a like, this is weird, like make it stop kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, right? And so that, that's just how, it, I think it's that way for a lot of people because we fear what we don't understand, right? So so it wasn't something that was embraced by my family, which was which would have been nice if it would have been different, but I mean, it's the world we live in. So I really had to explore all this and understand it on my own. And I had, you know, a number of awakenings and a number of things that I really, you know, that were so powerful that I, I needed to seek and, and seek guidance from people to help me to make sense of it. And so one of the, you know, I went to, you know, philo- I was a philosophy major. I went to, you know, hypnotists. I went to, you know, therapists. I went to like, you know, mediums and psychics and, and met with all of these people and tried to get different, you know, points of view of, of what, you know, intuition is and what it's all about. And one of the interesting parts of my journey was um, with the Catholic Church, actually. I, um, you know, I was really interested in St. Teresa of Avila and Thomas Aquinas and the mystics, because I think they're, you know, the interior castle to me is, you know, is, is so deeply about intuition and a lot of the works of the mystics and St. Augustine and people who talk about the sort of mystical connection with this higher part really resonated with me. So there was a certain affinity that I found in Christianity with a lot of this. And then um, ultimately, you know, I, I became, I converted to Catholicism and as a young adult in my twenties and went through the RCIA program. And because I really found a sense of solidarity in Christianity um, and really the, not so much the dogmatic side, but the real heart of it, which is, which is very much aligned with this sort of mystical approach to life. And then ultimately, as I, you know, became more interested in writers and uh, gurus like Paramahansa Yogananda, who was, who came into this sort of bringing together the East and the West with, you know, Eastern thought and Christianity, then like, I've really found my sweet spot. And that's when I really kind of came alive with his work and his teachings, because really understanding that, you know, that that spirit, that Holy Spirit within us is really tied into intuition. And it can be at once mystical and Christian. And it's not something that we need to fear. It's something that we need to embrace to discover who we are and connect with life. Yes, uh, that is exactly why I asked, because in reading this, having grown up um, in a um, Christian household and community myself, mm-hmm. I recognized in the book, there were some terms and some phrasing that was very reminiscent of um, biblical teachings. And Ooh. I thought, but the way that you approached it, there's this one quote, um, you said, by turning our lives over to intuition, instead of constantly trying to figure everything out on our own, we remove a crippling burden of anxiety from our life. Mm-hmm. And there were several other sentences like that. And it got me to thinking, you know, there are a lot of people who have legitimately, including myself, big problems with mm-hmm. religious institutions mm-hmm. in the way that teachings may or may not have been suppressed or distorted or Mm -hmm. anyway. And so there are a lot of people who rightfully do not want to turn their life over. I'm not turning it over to that, right? Right. (laughs) And so I love the way that you have, to me, you're, you're this theory on intuition, radical intuition is a bridge that makes it so appealing palatable, wonderful to be able to, okay, now this is something I can get on board with. If I'm really just turning everything over to 
intuition mm -hmm. and this creative force that's, you know, working both behind the veil and with us here in physical reality. Like, ah, like mm -hmm. I, I wrote the question, you kind of answered it later on in the book, but I wrote, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts or distinction between God, our soul, intuition, the Holy Spirit, like however, all these terms, mm -hmm. do you use them interchangeably or what mm -hmm. do you, how would you describe it? Yeah. So first of all, I want to just re reiterate that quote from Yogananda and because it was one of the first quotes on intuition that really stuck with me and resonated with me as a younger person when I was starting to flash out, flesh out all of these things was, you know, what he says over and over again is that intuition is the soul's power of knowing God. Mm. And really having that understanding that intuition is our connection to, to whatever word or label that we want to put on the higher power, our source, the universe, our intuition is our connection to that. It's what unites us, right, with that love and that spirit, that high vibration joy of truth. You know, intuition is, is our connection to that beautiful, radiant thing that's alive inside of us, right? And with that carries knowledge and wisdom and truth and peace and all of this other stuff that we associate with higher power. Um, so there are a lot of terms I think that we can use interchangeably. And, you know, I, I do talk with, uh, you know, Christians about the Holy Spirit. You know, my husband um, was a, a very strong, deep Catholic going into the ministry. And, uh, you know, we... we compared notes very early on about, yeah, it's the Holy Spirit, <laughs> intuition, the Holy Spirit. Those are things that, that you can understand in, with different labels, right? It's the, it's the thing that connects us all. It's the truth that unites us. It's the spirit that lifts us up and, and makes us into something more beautiful and allows us to reveal our true nature and get past all of this, this um, conditioning of unconsciousness that, that we're stuck with when we're in this sort of everyday life without really knowing our true selves. Yeah, I just, I love how you explained it. And it, it really, it lands with truth in my mm -hmm. heart. And I think, ah, this is like pulling together so many pieces. That was one of the things I said to Kim, um, you know, with New World Library publicist. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you, Kim, are exploring things, theories that I have as I'm approaching divinity school. And you have put words to it linked some pieces together that really make sense for me. I feel like this is a very, um, this is a book that bridges a lot, um, not only for Yay. me, but I feel like it will be for other people as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's really, you know, what I set out to do is I wanted to, to put those missing pieces together and really have this broad brush understanding that intuition it applies and it connects. It doesn't matter, you know, what our worldview is. It doesn't matter how different we are. It, it is that sort of unifying force that really, that can reach us no matter what our, our philosophy of life is. You can just use a different word, but that same process is in effect for every single one of us. Yeah. And, and another thing that I like kind of building on that, because something that's very popular these days, and I think for good reason, I mean, we have the science behind why mindfulness and meditation work so well and helping us uh, live lives of greater well-being and peace mm -hmm. and ease and all the brain science behind it. But I have always found mindfulness, and I'm just being very honest here, as mm -hmm. helpful as I know it is, mm -hmm. it's like it was kind of sterile. Like yes. it just wasn't, it wasn't the full picture. And yes. I'd go, ah, I want a little bit of mystery. And yes. you bridged that for me as mm -hmm. well. And I'd love to hear you speak a little bit about this when you say insightfulness is the next step beyond mindfulness. Can you speak to that a little bit? 
Yeah, and I get really excited about this too. And you know, this is really that's something that really intuitively came to me throughout writing of this book. And it wasn't something that I even really set out to include, but as I'm writing it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is what's happening. And it, you know, it was really sort of, you know, this exciting light bulb that went off in my head as I started to realize what I was really doing and what I saw people around me doing as they get into this space because because mindfulness is so important. And I understand, and I have heard this over and over again in conversations with people even about the book about mindfulness. Like mindfulness will take you into that space and the calm. And it is such an important primer. And it's such an important counterpoint for this busy life that we are living now with all of the technology and craziness. So it's such an important first step. But once we get into that state and into that presence and into that moment, you know, there's more to do there than just be in stillness. You know, that it's in that silence that our intuition speaks to us, that the mm -hmm. truth speaks and that we're inspired and that we're, we're, we receive guidance and we receive understanding and we move into this really magical place of wonder with life itself. And suddenly mm -hmm. like this new dimension opens up of like things that we're capable of. And, and so it's so, so this beautiful journey of moving from mindfulness and stillness into this place of insightfulness where we can live every moment of our day, like guided by this inner wisdom in touch with this inner truth. And I mean, that that's, that's the secret to living an enlightened, healthy life of well-being. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just, again, I really, I love the way that you put it. Um, and it, it definitely did bridge that for me because mindfulness with room for that insightfulness, the mystery, the intuition to come yep. through, man, that now that's a complete picture. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Then now we have the, we have the yin and the yang. We have the whole <laughs> complementary picture, right? Like we knew we had to get there. And you know, like Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now, also published by New World Library, coincidentally. Yeah. I really love that book. And I mean, that has been, that book has been, you know, my bedside table book for many years. And and I think that for me, it really is a primer for, for intuition, you know, to, it's a great way to show us how to get into that stillness and get into that place of no mind, because that's where intuition, that's intuition zone is no mind. You know, he talks a lot about the no mind zone kind of, and yeah. that's where you're in, that's the domain of intuition. That's a domain of creativity and inspiration and genius, right? All of that stuff. So getting our minds out of the way is so important as we develop our intuition. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, God, what was I, I was going to ask one more thing. Oh, yes. So I have, before we dive into those, the, those four intuitive, uh, archetypes or four mm -hmm. types of intuition, which I, I just, that was, um, brought so much more depth, I think, to my understanding of my own connection to my intuition. And I think it will be helpful for others as well, for sure. Um, but I want to ask, you know, in your own life, like I know, reading your book now, I recognize, okay, that's how I created some space before I had the words, you articulated it so beautifully, I wouldn't have had words for it. But I have had the experience of allowing the intuition to come through and seeing how it guides not only my work, but my personal life. And mm -hmm. I'm, I, you know, I think for those who listen regularly, they've probably heard quite a few stories about how I have followed that much to the chagrin of family or friends or people mm -hmm. who don't understand what's mm -hmm. happening. But I'm curious if you have any particular like turning points in your life where you followed intuition to the chagrin or the, the mm -hmm. confusion of others in your life. And it's been like, it, like those are the stories that you hold on to where you know you can trust that intuition, you have evidence for it. 
Oh my gosh, I could we could talk for hours. I've got so <laughs> many. I've got so many, and it's true. And that I mean, that's the thing about you know this book. It, you know, it's all about opening space for your intuition to prove itself to you, right? Because we need to have those moments of like, yeah, this was definitely my intuition, so that we can trust it and and not be afraid to go and take those chances. Because when we follow our intuition, a lot of times we're taking a chance. We're getting out of our comfort zone. We're going against what everyone else thinks we should do. So it's it's risky business. So we want to know we're doing the right thing. So, well, to to, to answer uh, your question with a really simple story is, you know, is this book? This book was a huge, a huge intuitive leap for me because, as you guys know, um, talking about technology, I had a really a really great career. I was at the top of my game working in tech, and I was, you know, I was really doing a lot of really cool stuff. I started a festival. We had thousands of people coming every year for this create festival. I was being asked to speak all around the world to talk about this intersection of intuition and creativity and technology. And, and, um, but I also had this calling to write this book and go full time into actually teaching and exploring this. So it was, um, I, I felt that, you know, I had this sort of intuitive nudge that, you know, part of me was like, okay, I just need to just take the leap quit my job and go and do this. Right. And we all know like, that's, that's like a tough thing, you know, just, yeah. just getting outside of that cushy, cushy job and that steady paycheck to go out and take a chance on yourself. And, um, you know, so I didn't listen to my intuition for a while. And like, like a lot of us do, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll get around to that eventually. Okay. I know I'm going to do that someday. Like I'm, I'm still working in the background. I'm still doing all this stuff on the side. Like I got a great side hustle going on. I've been doing both things for so long, but you know, I, it was funny. I was in actually Bilbao, Spain, and um, I did the Walk of St. John, which is this walk. I don't know if you've heard of it, where you you just you go out. Well, it goes all across Spain, but the portion I did was just north of Bilbao, and you go out on this like giant, like 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 island cliff, which was I don't know. It was it was filmed in Game of Thrones, so it was the place where, where Game Game of Thrones was. So it's this beautiful place, and there's a church up on top. And I did this walk and it took like eight hours and it was this huge hike. And at the top, you ring the bell and you make a wish. And I made the wish that, you know, that I wanted to work for God, for the universe. Mm -hmm. I wanted to work full time for God. And that was my wish. And, and I came back, I was like, okay, I, I knew this was my wish, but I still hadn't had the courage to actually do it, you know, and just to make the break and take the chance. And so I ended up, um, like about a week later, you know, the universe brought me a gift and, and, and I got into a, a sort of a different, let's say, a, um, a different altering perspective with my boss mm. <laughs> at my job. And, um, and I knew at that moment, as, as we were, you know, caught up in this conversation, uh, my house, I had left a teapot on and it caught on fire. And I, and I went down, I put out the fire and I was like, oh my gosh, like we were like, this is really an indication. And then, and then my dog knocked me down the steps. All of this happened at the same time, uh, like a week after this happened. And as I'm laying there on the steps, I'm like, <laughs> my husband looked at me and he's like, said, now will you quit your job? <laughs> So, and I love this story because it, it is really reminiscent of how intuition is this whisper, shout, roar. Because your intuition is going to be calling you. It's going to be whispering. You'd be like, got to do this, got to do this. And if you do it, great, boom. If you don't do it, it's going to get a little louder. There's going to be, it's going to get a little more painful. And if you really don't listen, you're going to get thrown down a flight of steps like I did. <laughs> wake up, wake up and take a chance on yourself. And I went in and I quit. I quit the next day. And, um, and I mean, and, and you know, I have a wonderful relationship with my former place of work. And 
it was just simply growing pains. And I knew that it was my time and the, the universe had to make it uncomfortable for me um, to get me to do that. Right. So they, it was helping me, even though it like hurt a little bit at the time, the universe was helping me to take that leap. And I'm so thankful that I did, or I wouldn't be here talking with you today. I wouldn't have met the, the, the hundreds and hundreds of people, amazing people that I've met on this journey and had this opportunity to share this message and, and build Intuition Lab, my online school, which I started you know, right after that um, full time. And it's been so, I'm so grateful that I did that, but it was hard. And, and a lot of times, you know, it's scary, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah, I have similar stories in my own life. Um, and and I'm quite frankly still on, I feel like I have been on a path of following my intuition towards something for the past, oh gosh, now going on. It'll be right about 10 years um, mm-hmm. here at the, the turn of 20 into 2021. Um, and yeah, there have been points where it's been pretty difficult, but I just, my intuition keeps telling me, just keep going, just keep mm-hmm. going. And, and so here we are. So hearing stories like yours and seeing where it ended, that's the inspiration. Those are the things that keep me and I'm sure others out there mm-hmm. going on their own path is sharing these stories is so, so important. So thank you for sharing that one from your life. <laughs> Absolutely. And just remember, you know, that you might not know that you might not know the time is right, but when it actually is right, you, you will, you will know it. <laughs> yes. You will know it. So don't worry. Everything's not necessarily instant gratification, but you'll get there. (laughs) Yes. And I am willing to keep showing up until I do. Exactly. That's the best attitude. Well, I think that's a great point to take our break. Um, So you have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I am joined today by Kim Chesney. She has a fantastic new book out called Radical Intuition. Uh, When we come back from the break, we're actually going to dive into those four intuition types that I've been teasing up now multiple times. Mm. We'll actually get into it. Um, So we will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazarus, and this is Climate Connections. As the weather gets colder, Carmen Fernholz of Minnesota enjoys looking out at his fields of Kernza. This wheatgrass is a perennial, which means it overwinters and comes back in spring. It's so nice to see some green fields late into November and December and early again in March and April. Kernza grows chest high with roots that can extend nearly 10 feet below ground. So over time, it helps build soil carbon, improve soil health, and reduce runoff. We look at increased rains that we're getting even in western Minnesota. We got a way to take care of that extra precipitation all the better. And Kernza can provide farmers with two crops, forage for livestock, and a grain that can be used in cereal and other foods. So it's promising, but new. Fernholtz is growing a small amount and giving feedback to researchers. He says his main concern is figuring out how to keep yields up over time. But he says growing Kernza for a few years between other crops will improve his soil. And so by utilizing the Kernza, it's just going to make that field much better for my major revenue crops of corn and soybeans. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. This message is from the National Council on Aging. Adults over age 60 are at higher risk for the COVID-19 coronavirus. 
because they may have weaker immune systems or chronic health conditions. The Centers for Disease Control recommends older adults avoid crowds and people who are sick. Wash your hands and disinfect surfaces often. Keep a two-week supply of food and medicine on hand. Learn more at ncoa.org. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, joined today by author Kim Chesney, who has a fantastic new book out called Radical Intuition. And um, before the break, Kim was sharing a bit about her story and some of the uh, instances when she has followed intuition. And you, the one thing that I wanted to just um, follow up with as far as a question on that, you know, I think a lot of people, and I'm speaking from the clients that I work with, um, just what I've noticed is that when we don't, when we kind of surrender, when we let go, a lot of people have questions about what we are surrendering to. And it, if, if, if there is something to catch us, if it, if there is something to catch us, is it benevolent and responsive? Is it aligned with the longings of our, you know, deepest soul self, all those kinds of things. And when you were talking about your own journey, really surrendering to following what you felt so called to do, mm -hmm. do you have any words of wisdom or thoughts on, you know, if you're working with people, what are you telling them? I know we're surrendering to our own intuition, but how do you explain that we really are falling into something that is beyond our wildest dreams in terms of how it shows up for us? Mm, such a good question. Um, and I think I talk a lot about you know, surrender. And especially at the end of the book, you know, I think there's a, there's a chapter on this process of surrender and, but it's not just surrender. The other side of surrender is trust. Mm -hmm. And, and we start talking about trust and, you know, like you said, like, you know, that free fall and knowing that, you know, when we're, we are out of control of our lives, but we're also on a meaningful journey where we're safe and, you know, protected no matter what we, no matter what we do ultimately. So I think this idea of trust is so implicitly connected with intuition because we don't just have to trust in some force out there in the universe. What we're trusting in is our inner connection to life and ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we, through our intuition, I mean, really the end goal, the, 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 the last stop on, you know, this pathway and this journey to, to our, our intuition is knowing ourselves you know, knowing our true selves and who we really are. Cause you know, we, we, we all sort of have an idea of who we are. We've all been told who we are by the outside world. So, so we're living sort of in this mix of, of our truths and our conditioning. And, you know, it's such a confusing place for so many of us when it comes to understanding our, our connection to life. And so as we start to work with our intuition and open up to our intuition, we naturally start to align with this real self and this starts to open up and we start to realize what parts of ourselves aren't really us, parts that we've, you know, tried on, maybe some things from other people's lives that we've tried on to see if it fits, journeys we've explored that weren't really ours. You know, I always say that, you know, authenticity is one of the marks of an advanced intuition because when you're intuitively awake, you become yourself and you be can become that same self with all people. You know, we don't have to put on the different faces for different people. We don't have to be the mother or the daughter or the father or the son or the coworker or the, you know, the liberal or the Republican or whatever, whatever labels we want to put on there. You know, we, we become this, this truth and we become one with the truth within us. So once that happens and we start to really feel that connection and our intuition naturally comes alive during this process. And 
will undoubtedly start to prove itself to us more and more with, you know, stories like, like I told earlier and, and an, an infinitude of ways of is it guides us and leads us to better choices and, and knowingness and awareness and awakening in our life. And that whole process is wrapped up on starting to trust our intuition and trust ourselves. And once we start to do that, then we naturally can start to trust in life. So when these times are hard, especially in times like right now, what we're all going through, where there's so much uncertainty and confusion and, and fear that we can trust that, you know, that we are on the journey that we're meant to, and that there's meaning in each step that we take, even if sometimes it may seem like it hurts and it may not seem like life is perfect, that there's something for us there that's that's ultimately for our own good and helping us to grow and evolve into into something better and more fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. And thank you for that answer. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm always collecting, oh, I guess, wisdom on this so that when people do show that fear of releasing and surrendering into something like what is it that they're surrendering to and so mm -hmm. thank you that helps a lot yeah uh so let's dive into these four intuitions that you identify um again this is the first time i mean i know this is this is your your um what it, it, theory information and it just really resonates and i it sounds like you were inspired by Carl Jung in mm. this, and I just would love whatever you want to share about these four intuition types that you identify and how this came about, because it really is. This is a new theory. I, I really yeah. like it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad because, um, you know, so one of the one of the real, you know, core purposes of this book was really to to really reimagine the the big picture of intuition, right? So because when I found out early on, you know, as I've been talking to people about intuition for many, many years, is you ask people what they think intuition is and you get so many answers you know you get like oh it's a gut feeling or it's a knowing or it's psychic psychic telepathy or it's, it's a creative idea or it's a spiritual experience right so there was there's like an infinite number of answers that people would give so it became very evident that you know what we lacked was really um, a common understanding a holistic as you say understanding of intuition and how it expresses itself and though it didn't take me long to really make this connection with Jung. It seemed very natural with his four cognitive functions that you see in the Myers-Briggs, if, if, if you've ever done that. Um, it really boils down to the, the same four principles that we, that we learn about in philosophy since ancient civilization is the four elements and the, the four ways that we experience the world through our bodies, through our minds, through our hearts, and through our spirits. Mm -hmm. So understanding those four basic, you know, sort of information processing systems that we are, that we have as human beings and realizing that our intuition works through them the same way that all our daily experiences work through them. So, um, so it was really interesting to try and understand them as all different manifestations of the singular process of intuition. So there's just one intuition. There's our intuition. That's our one connection to all that is above and beyond. But it has these four primary pathways of body, mind, heart, and spirit that it can use to make us aware and speak to us and communicate with us and share ideas and share knowledge and wisdom with us. So, um, so that's how we came up with these sort of four intuitions. 
And it is, it is different. I'm glad that you brought up earlier because, you you know, if you read like traditional psychic development books, they'll talk about the five clairs, which mm-hmm. is the five psychic senses. And to me, um, you know, they really fit within one type of, of these four types of intuition, which is physical intuition. So the first type um, and of, of, or pathway of intuition is the body. It's the body. The, our intuition speaks to us through our body all the time even from simple things like telling us like what foods to eat or what medicines to take or, you know, how to work out to, you know, to, to help us to, to establish a state of well-being. It does all that little stuff, but it also can communicate with us in terms of the, you know, the psychic stuff. When you clairvoyance, that's using the sense of vision, right? Clairaudience, that's using your auditory senses to, to share, share ideas and share um, impressions, so there's a very rich part of um, intuition that's linked with the body. And that's pretty much my, my first book, The Psychic Workshop, was about. It was about physical intuition. And the archetype for that is the healer. So each pathway kind of has an archetype. And, and I wanted these archetypes to sort of represent or embody the energy of that pathway. And I think people who, who are very strong physical intuitives. And in my book, I have a, a fun little affinity test where you can go through and, and take, um, take this sort of quiz and find out what types of intuition you're naturally most open to and uh, have an affinity for. So if you have an affinity for physical intuition, which are a lot of people who are like yoga teachers, you know, doctors, uh, you know, if you're into fitness or healing or a holistic practitioner, people that work with a body, Reiki, uh, massage, chiropractic, stuff like that is very uh, natural affinity for people who have a natural physical intuition because they, they, they're in touch with their bodies. They're connected with their bodies. And, and it's a really um, wonderful kind of intuition to have because it keeps us healthy. It keeps us strong. It keeps us in a state of well-being. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So that's, the, that's sort of the first pathway. And the second pathway is the archetype of the sage. And in my mind, I always think of someone like Eckhart Tolle in this yeah. pathway, like someone who's, who's very, um, who very in touch with their mindfulness and their ability to get into that no mind state so that they can make choices and decisions from that inner stillness and that inner guidance. Right. So, so mind, mindful intuition is all about using our intuition to, to make better choices in our lives, to, to have a sense of awakening and a knowing and, in all of our life situations. So, so it's really very much tied into this shift from mindfulness to insightfulness and living each moment insightfully and making insightful decisions in, in, in our path. Yes. Um, okay. So that, so that's the second one. And then the third type is the visionary archetype. And this is, this is creative intuition. And this is where you're out there, you know, following your passion. This is the intuition of the heart, but not like heart as in like feelings, like our emotions, that are kind of ego-based or need-based. This is this is our big heart, our higher heart that, that that guides us to our calling and our passions and all of those things that really make us come alive and make our hearts sing. So so this is a really exciting place for intuition where we see transformation and change and growth. And people like Steve Jobs would be a great um, person for this archetype. Someone who's out there like using their intuition to just create new things and, and do something different and bring change into the world. Artists very naturally fall into this because it's so easy. Musicians, people who, who share their voice, activists, you know, people who stand up for things and bring change and follow their heart and follow their truth. Uh, it's such a powerful type of intuition. And yeah. then, um, 
But lastly, uh, the mystic, the archetype of the mystic is the fourth type, and the, that's the intuition of the spirit. And that's where we get into this real sort of divinity and this connection with our higher being and truth in the universe and where we're able to go into those meditations and experience those deep connections with life and the mystery and really rise above this the boundaries of the mind and everyday experience of life yeah these make so much sense so i'm just going to recap quickly so from the four types there was the healer or physical intuition Mm -hmm. the sage mindful intuition the visionary, creative intuition, and then the mystic, transcendental intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and I, I am curious because I know you have, you've been doing this for a long time. You have obviously combined a lot of wisdom traditions and folks like Carl Jung and um, psychology. Why do you think it is? I mean, I have my own theories, but I'm curious mm-hmm. what you think. Um, so we've got, you know, the body, the mind, the heart and the spirit. Technically, the heart is part of the body. Why do you think the heart is separated out when we look at these? Like, I mean, because this is when you say the visionary, the creative intuition, that is the intuition of the heart. So why why do you think the heart is often separated out? Well, because I, I think when we're talking about the heart, we're not actually talking about like the physical heart. I think we're t- it's more of the energetic heart, like maybe the heart chakra. <laughs> you, know yeah. what I mean? like, you know what I mean? So it's that it's the energetic right? So it's more of the feeling. So think about it in terms of feeling and chemistry and, um, but it, but they all overlap. And that is a really good point because it's not like they are just these siloed things that, that don't interconnect. So, and that's the beauty and the mystery of the human being is we're this interweaving of all of these four things that are, that do interconnect. And that's part of our magic as human beings. And it's the same way with intuition. We're not just like, we're not just a healer. We're not just a mystic. We're a little bit of everything. And each of us have our own sort of intuitive soup that we're made up of. That's a little bit hard, a little bit body, a little bit mind. And, and, and knowing that language in our own unique sort of way that our intuition speaks to us then starts to allow us to develop our intuition in our own personalized way. So, um, so I do think that, you know, it is something very individual and unique and and interwoven. Yeah. And for those out there like me who already I feel like, you know, we're working with our intuition or even for those out there who maybe don't have a lot of experience with intuition. I will just point out um, and I um, because this is non-commercial radio in Petaluma, I have to be careful how I say this, but <laughs> there is a quiz in the book that I think, Kim, you referenced earlier, that is your intuition affinity type. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I will just say it was very helpful for me to Mm -hmm. take this affinity quiz. And it, it, it just, as we talked about already, you know, this Mm -hmm. is a very different approach than just looking at it as the Claire's, like you say, most of those fall under your category of the healer, the physical intuition. Mm -hmm. So I will just say that it can be for anyone else out there, this is just sheds a new light and can mm-hmm. be very helpful. So <laughs> that. yeah, yeah, sheds a new light. I like that because that's it. I just wanted to, this is to me, it's sort of just an expansion of understanding intuition. You know, we've had this foundation. Intuition has been growing. It's been big for like the last 50 years. People have started to really realize it's something that we can develop. And, and this book is really just an expansion on where we've been, I think, to the, to this date. Yeah. Again, I, I just think of it as a bridge. It's it's yep. where we've been and where we're going and it exactly. combines the two really well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, well, I will, I just, I'd also want to mention 
while you explain these concepts in a way that is very approachable and it makes so much sense, um, this is not just a book reading about. This is an experiential book. Mm -hmm. um, the way that you have structured it. Do you want to do you want to just share kind of how you structured the book because I think that really lends itself to integrating what it is that you are your theories and what you're talking about. Yeah, sure, and yeah, because it was really important to me when writing this book because you know I, I I wrote this book so that people could start to learn and trust their own intuition so so it was so important to me not just to talk about intuition and explain intuition but to actually give readers an opportunity to start developing their own intuition with actual practices and actual um, you know sort of techniques and and visions that can help them to work with intuition in their life so it's and I say it's not just a reading book it's a doing book um, you can just read it if you want. You don't have to do any of the exercises in it. But if you really want to ignite your intuition, you really want to sort of open up that space, you know, the book gives you the opportunity. You know, I've read so many books. I've read these great books that just talk about like your big ideas about 5D and all of this transformation and everything that's happening. And I'm so excited about it. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But I'm like, but it's not, it's not showing us how to get there, you know, like, right. like, it's just like, that's the most important part. And it's just like, but so how do I do that? Right. So I, I didn't want this to be one of those books. I wanted this to be the book that you can go away and, and do this and have your intuition prove it to you for me. Like, don't take it from me. Just you, when you do this, you'll experience it for yourself. And you'll be like, wow, like now I can trust my intuition because I've experienced it. And this was crazy and this is real and this is no joke. Right. So yeah. that's what I wanted to help people to experience. Yeah. And I, for those out there who also have been doing their own intuitive development for, for a short or a long period of time, there were exercises in here that I, I have never come across before. I will just say that like there were, <laughs> I can't, there are some of them. I have not tried it yet. For example, the going through the intuitive wormhole. Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. And <laughs> I, I can't wait to try it. <laughs> So. Yeah. And, and then this is just stuff that, you know, I, that we really um, came into practice through Intuition Lab. And, you know, because when I was talking about hacking intuition, you know, when I created Intuition Lab, we started working in group cohorts and just seeing how, you know, how far can we push the boundaries of intuition and what can we actually do? How, what, what little, what can we do every day? And so we came up with a lot of these practices that were really sort of magical, but like also so easy. That's the thing about intuition. It's so easy. All you really have to do is just kind of like open up and receive it. It's not like you have to figure it all out. I mean, it's something that's very natural once you get into that space. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that you've noticed that because we're really excited to share a lot of these new practices that, that we've been using that have worked really well. Yeah. Um, oh, God, and I was just going to ask one other thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, timing. Okay, so talking a little bit about some of the, um, when you actually start working with intuition in your life, some of the things that you may come across. So in my experience, and I'm curious to hear from your experience, I have come to trust that my intuition will absolutely give me the answer. Like, for example, we have a little rescue kitty situation going on in our neighborhood. And I have been uh, my my human self has been incredibly worked up about what's going to happen to this kitty. And, mm -hmm. you know, how are these how going through all the various scenarios that my human mind could come up with about what these solutions could be. And um, I have because of my experience working with my intuition, I know that even if it's not 
what my human self would desire in mm. terms of timing, the answer will come. Mm -hmm. If I create the environment in my body, my mind, and my spirit that is conducive to intuition coming through. And I know kind of my personal recipe for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious. Oh, and just to put a little, I'll probably talk about this on a first Friday um, here pretty quick when I have my regular co-host. And so I'll share the story of the kitty, the resolution of it, because it's, it's <laughs> in process right now. But we'll just say that the answer arrived out of nowhere. Um, just, it was not, anyway. Perfect. Story that's, has a beautiful ending. Intuition comes out of yes. nowhere. That's the number one way to identify it. <laughs> exactly. And so I, you know, I was able to tell my human self as this was happening, Sunny, you know, intuition will, or spirit source, I could, you know, I consider like you, I consider it my bridge to those things. Yep. Um, so I knew that it would come and it did. And so I'm, my question to you, then I guess is, when you are working with your intuition, have you found that the timing is, you can trust it, but it's just not always what the human mind wants? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And, and well, and not even just with timing, with any kind of thing where you have an expectation, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it's very tricky sometimes to to separate our, our, our human minds from our intuitive minds. And even if we're working in tandem with our intuition and we're following our callings, it's very natural for our mind to interject sort, sort of expectations. And that can definitely apply to timing. Like this is going to happen in this certain amount of time. It needs to, it has to, or else, yeah. right. You know, yeah. or like I have to achieve this outcome from this and, or it was, or I was wrong, or I should have, this should have been this way, or this has to, you know, all these sort of things that the mind puts on it. So it's really important that we continue to check in with ourselves all the time about which parts of these expectations are our mind and which parts are our intuition and holding space for knowing that, you know, we don't know everything. We can't see the big picture from this, you know, from this small place of consciousness where we live in our human bodies, but our intuition knows everything, right? So our intuition knows what's ahead for Kitty. Our intuition <laughs> knows what's ahead for us and why we're doing all these things. And even if things don't line up, the way that our mind thinks they should, we have to remind ourselves to get back into that state of trust and trust in life that, that it's happening the way that it should. And even if we can't see why, that we have to trust that there is a bigger picture that we're just not seeing and that somehow out there, it's all coming together. Yes, yes, I have come to believe that, but I can't, mm -hmm. I can't hear it enough. You know, the human mind, <laughs> with all the evidence in the world, it still yeah. needs more. <laughs> yeah, we just we have to always remind ourselves because as long as we're living with a mind, it's always going to be telling us these things, you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then one of the other things that you talk about that um, I want to just bring up because it's one of those little places where I, I hear people talk about this, and you mention it in the book about when we believe our intuition was wrong. Like it seems mm -hmm. like our intuition was wrong, or we followed it. And the way you describe it is, it's not an information issue; it's a connection issue. And so, you know, I've, we've got just a few more minutes here, but I was curious, you know, what, what wisdom do you have for folks out there who feel like their intuition steered them wrong? Yeah, I get that question a lot. People are like, what do I do? My intuition was totally wrong. I was like, wait, wait, your intuition is never wrong. It is actually <laughs> impossible for your intuition to be wrong because what is intuition? Intuition is synonymous with truth. So that's what we have to understand. Like intuition is truth. So, so it is never wrong. What happens is that we misconstrue our intuition. We either confuse our intuition with something else, or we miss our intuition altogether, or our mind is tricking us into thinking it's our intuition. So, so chances are when we think our intuition was wrong, it was really a mix up in the, in the connection. But 
also, sometimes there are even cases where, you know, our intuition guides us to do something that doesn't seem like it turned out right. Like, you know, oh, say, you know, my intuition told me to go take this job and wow, this job was a dud. And I like, I got like fired in a week or something. And then you're like, Mm -hmm. wow, my intuition was totally wrong. But maybe what we don't understand is our intuition just needed to get us out of that old job. And then, you know, in in a month from now, we're going to get this really super great job opportunity that we had to get into this other position for. So, so sometimes intuition can seem like it's steering us in a, you know, it's that whole thing where you, you step back to get forward kind of thing where it seems like it's going the wrong way, but really it's just lining us up in a way that's going to become clear. So we have to be patient with it sometimes. Yes, absolutely. That has been my experience as well. And I have not been steered wrong yet, even if it doesn't make sense to my human (laughs) mind all of the time. Exactly. That's the thing. It won't always make sense, but you know, we just have to, we have to trust. Trust is really so important. Yes, it is. And then when you do, gosh, everything just opens up. So, and that is what this book is. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said, that's where the magic happens, right? Exactly. And that's what this book is all about. So um, I have had the wonderful pleasure of speaking today with author and Intuition Lab founder, Kim Chesney. Her new book is Radical Intuition, A Revolutionary Guide to Using Your Inner Power. And Kim, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So everybody out there, you can use your intuition and this is a guide for it. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week. This is Sunny signing off.